Hello, this is World Focus from Brussels. My name is Svein Helgason, now speaking from Riga, Latvia. In this episode, I visit the Global Center for Latvian Art in the town of Sesis and speak with its director about the exhibition of Alexander Karpovs. Karpovs was a printmaker. He led a remarkable life and his works are both provocative and powerful. The exhibition was opened on 25th of March, the same day that Latvians commemorate every year the mass deportations of over 40,000 people to Siberia in 1949, carried out by the Soviets. My name is Karlis Kandorovskis. Uh, I'm the uh, director of the Global Center for Latvian Art here in Seasis. We are a diaspora art center, and our mission is to collect art created by Latvians living in exile, uh, and also Latvians who currently live abroad, and to bring that work back here to Latvia to store it and to study it and to exhibit it in Latvia for the Latvian people to enjoy. So tell me about Alexander Skarpovs. Alexander Skarpovs was a radical political printmaker, uh, born in America in 1953, but then moved to Latvia in 1990, just before Latvia regained its independence. And his work became uh, a very, it was always very political work, uh, and he also had a kind of a diaspora romance for the Latvian monuments and architecture, countryside. Even though he was born in America, the Latvian diaspora was such a small and close-knit community that he had a pretty good understanding of what it meant to live here and what it was like to be here. And uh, although his work was also very much opposed to um, the sort of overreaches of capitalism and what he saw as crimes against common people in America. He spent most of his life working in, in ER clinics in America and so saw firsthand the sort of poverty and the extreme, uh, extreme misery that, uh, that, that happens in the sort of underbelly of capitalism. Uh, and yet later in life his work toward, turned to a very sharp critique of the crimes of the communists, which he equated very much with the crimes of the Nazis. He famously called the communists red fascists and employed a kind of uh, equivalence there uh, that was at that time sort of unusual in American uh, political artwork. He enrolled in the Art Academy here in 1990 and um, got his master's degree in printmaking and uh, proceeded to create a body of work that was really a just scathing indictment of the Soviet crimes and uh, became a lecturer in Rezekne, which is a very, very russified Latvian town close to the Russian border. And he, he paid a kind of a heavy price for his work. He was frequently beaten and attacked, certainly criticized. And he died in 1994 under somewhat mysterious circumstances. Um, his brother, Konstantins, has been a real champion uh, of, of his younger brother, Alexander's work and has shown it often in the Rothko Center, um, in Riga, in the United States, and now here today in Seasis. Alexander's died on March 22nd. March 25th is the uh, day of remembrance here in Latvia for the uh, Soviet genocide. And so this exhibit, although it was canceled because of COVID, it was supposed to happen two years ago, we rescheduled it uh, for June 14th, which is another day of remembrance for <laughs> Soviet crimes in Latvia. And when, um, when the war in Ukraine started, well, just to say when Russia invaded Ukraine, we felt it was the right time to show the work again and to revisit these very 
very painful themes. So he came here at a tumultuous time, you know, in 1989, it started with the Baltic Way, etc. So the snowball had already, you know, was, you know, started to roll, you might say. It's a fascinating thing, living all these years in America, but still going back here. So he somehow he felt the need. Why? Well, I think when you have an ethnic group that's as small as the Latvian populations, the communities around the world, uh, it's a very close-knit community. Um, it's a community that left pretty much at the same time. Uh, and this community, these groups regrouped quickly throughout, throughout the world. Um, part of that is due to the fact that the people who were the most uh, threatened by the purges, you could say, by the, by the Soviets, um, but also the Nazi occupation, were the intellectuals, were the intelligentsia, the business owners. Um, and so these are people who are well-networked to begin with. They were, they were able to very quickly uh, create strong networks in Australia, in North America, in Germany, um, to a greater degree than larger ethnic groups such as, such as the Poles, for instance. I'm from Chicago. Uh, we have about 1.2 million Polish people. But when I ask Polish friends what their connection is to Poland, it's tenuous, but uh, the Latvians all know each other. And it's a small group, it's a tightly knit group, and that's a survival mechanism, of course, for a, for a small ethnic group that's been you know, really traumatized and almost driven to extinction. There's 1.8 million Latvians right now. Yep. That's quite a bit smaller than the city I was born in. And so we have this network of language schools and camps. We have song festivals. We have things that really tie you into a culture that you haven't maybe witnessed here in Latvia, um, but you're sort of ready to. And uh, as soon as we could come here, we came to visit. And we, we met our relatives, and um, we had a working knowledge of the language, uh, thanks to these language schools. Uh, thanks to some parents who really tried. Um, and so he felt that too. And, um, you know, he really felt an ancestral connection to this place. And not only to Latvia, but to Latgala and to Latgalian, which is a subsect of the Latvian language. It's a regional dialect. Uh, it's more than that. It's a culture uh, in the sort of southeastern part of Latvia. And so Karpov's sort of saw Latvia through the eyes of someone who grew up outside of it and had the had a, had a curiosity, maybe more of a curiosity than the people who had lived here their entire lives. Um, and we find that to be the case with a lot of diasporans, is that we're really engaged with and, and curious about this place, possibly to a greater extent than the people who are from here. And that's understandable, because it was sort of taught to us on our grandparents' knees and our, the laps of our grandparents and the songs and the legends and the traditions. So we felt a strong connection to this place. Just finally, the role of art and partly media in confronting um, dictatorship, totalitarianship, which shows itself how dictators, you know, target these, um, you know, mechanisms. So he's perhaps an example of the important role of art in standing up to you know dictatorship and, and repression. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and specifically, printmaking. Printmaking is a labor-intensive process. Um, it's a sort of a democ. It's a there's a democratization when it comes to printmaking. You know, you don't really have 
one painting that could later be turned into sort of a fiat currency and assign some really great value, like some shiny diamond. Printmaking is a very much like an art form of the proletariat. And here Karpov sort of turns it on his head and turns this weapon against the inheritors, you could say, of the communist legacy. Um, and so that's kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to make prints. You need to have a press. You need to have a place to work. Um, it's much easier to sing a song. And that's why it's sort of an unusual protest form or an unusual way to keep the tradition alive. Uh, I'm, I'm from Chicago, and so I, of course, pick up on the parallels between the African-American experience, which is largely a tradition that is not written. It's a, it's, it's song, it's poetry, um, it's the song of the plantation fields, and there's a rhythm of survival to that music. And we have that in Latvian too, we have the dinas. We have thousands of, of, um, of, of quatrains, I believe it's called, or rhyming couplets that are passed down from generation to generation because when this place was ruled by the Germans and the Soviets and the Swedes, Latvians weren't allowed to write. <laughs> and so it was very much a verbal tradition. So for Kotpovs it's interesting because there's not, to my knowledge, a very strong tradition of radical printmaking in the Latvian visual arts tradition. Um, you know, we have these incredible song festivals. The joke is that everybody knows five choir directors. <laughs> um, and then we have a quite strong painting tradition, and of course a landscape painting tradition. But this kind of just acerbic printmaking, just like visceral political printmaking, is pretty unusual. And so that's why we're really happy to have this show, because it is something somewhat new. And that is our goal here at the Global Center for Latvian Art, is to bring artwork that hasn't been seen here to Latvia and sort of expand the cultural... Um, cultural space here, you can say. Congratulations and thank you. Well, thank you so much.